Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live, and tonight we have our special guest with us, Christina Rodlow. Christina, thank you so much for being with us. How are you doing? I'm really good. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Absolutely. It is our uh, you know, honor to have you here with us. And I got to tell you, since no one gets out alive has come out, you have become a hot item in Hollywood. Uh, you know, the movie... <laughs> has come out to some pretty good reviews. Uh, your performances is getting rave reviews as it should. So, you know, in a little bit over a week that it's come out, has anything changed for you? Not really. I mean, everything's pretty much the same. Um, I'm just very excited that people are liking it as much as they are. Like I've been getting really amazing comments from all the fans and that's that's really great i mean that's that's always the the hope and the dream you know like people like it and so far they are liking it so that's, hopefully it stays like that yeah uh, i saw it a while ago and i loved it now you are not new to acting by any means you've been acting in a lot of spanish television and movies how what how did the transition happen and you getting this role on uh, a Netflix movie? Well, I've been working in the States a lot since um, three years ago. So I moved to the States after I did uh, a, a movie called Miss Bala with Gina Rodriguez, uh, directed by Catherine Harwick. And after that, pretty much my career changed. I was working in Mexico a lot and then I did Miss Bala and I got opportunities to cast at like really major films and, and shows. And after that, I got Too Old to Die Young, which was a show for Amazon Prime directed by Nicholas Wendell Riffin. And then uh, The Terror for AMC and then 68 Whiskey for Paramount, uh, for Paramount Plus. And then, and then no one gets out alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I another film so yeah i mean for the last three three and a half years i've been i've been working in the states a lot which i'm very very grateful for so how did the role of amber uh come your way uh was it just a regular you know audition and you got the role did you have to do a lot of callbacks no it was just it was to it was a casting it was a normal casting i was not at that moment i was in mexico uh um, I don't know why, but I was in Mexico and I couldn't be in LA when they were holding the audition. And then, so I sent my self tape. And after that, um, Carla Hull, which is the casting director, asked me to do a callback. And again, I was not in LA. So I was like, I cannot go. And she was like, well, okay, uh, well, let's figure it out what we can do. And so they hold the callbacks with the other actresses. And then Santiago was like, well, okay, so can I meet Christina at least and see, I mean, see her vibe. And we, we chat for like over an hour, hour and a half on Skype. Uh, this was two years ago. It was in 2019, I think. Uh, and we clicked like instantly. We got along really well. I understood the character really well and he loved that. And, and we talked about the film a lot. And he was like, well, okay, so this is not my decision, but I hope it's you. I mean, I still need to go back to the producers and everything because you're not doing a callback. You're just like, I'm just me meeting you. And I'm like, well, 
I hope it works. And after that, like, I think it was a week, and we got the call that I that I got the role. That is so awesome. And they gave it to the right person. Now, uh, Amber <laughs> is a character of desperation, uh, put into her circumstances because of her desperate situation. Uh, how did you feel about the character you were portraying? Well, I was, I was very afraid of uh, portraying. I'm very afraid and very excited at the same time of portraying Amber because she's in the movie the whole time. You you see her the whole time, and she goes through a lot. So for me, it was like I had to be, I had to be very clear on how I wanted to play it because I think she, it, there's many ways things can go wrong with playing Amber, you know? So for me, it was like, okay, I need to find moments of hope for Amber as well because everything goes wrong for her. Mm-hmm. Everything, it's like one thing after another, nothing it's right for her. So everything is like, oh my God, can you give this girl a break, right? So <laughs> so it, it, was, it was definitely hard, but I, I talked to Santiago a lot. Like before we started shooting, we went through through the through the script, like scene by scene, like how I explained to him how I wanted to play Amber, and then he explained to me, and then we we came to a middle point where we both were happy, and and that was it. I mean, I just I I, I wanted to be very very clear and to to give Amber an arc as well, because if not, it could be like oh okay, like it could be, it could be very tedious at a point, you know, because it's like, okay, like, well, now it's something else, right? So I did, I did want it to give her some layers and I hope, I hope I did. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now the film is based on a novel, uh, that takes place in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's an immigrant's view on America. Uh, you know, uh, the movie, it was changed up a bit. First of all, were you familiar with the novel? Did you read it when you got the part? Have you read it since? I haven't read the novel. Uh, the novel is very different to what this script is. Mm-hmm. The novel happens in the UK. Uh, it's not about immigration. It's more about the girl in a re- having a relationship that doesn't work, and they move to a place, and they, I mean, they have money, but not enough money. So it's very different. So I didn't want to have any ideas on like based on the novel to put it on the script because it was a, a completely different like it yeah. wasn't a completely different story but it was like developed differently mm-hmm. uh so it was like i just i'm just not gonna read it and i just met adam uh, like a week ago i was in london and i met him and he's great and he gave me the book because now they're they're having the new they're doing a new release with the with the movie the post yeah with the movie poster on the on the book so now i have that and and i'm obviously going to read it i can't i can't wait to start reading it uh what do you think uh did you put any when you were doing the role did you you know did you put any feelings behind the role as far as immigrants in america poverty uh amber was not documented she had to lie and say she was an american citizen she was basically lying her entire life uh, what did you do to add that layer, uh, your own layer to that into the role? Well, to me, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to do this role because it, it was not, 
it was not a, a scary film just to be scary and entertaining. I think it had a it had a statement, and that was the main thing for me. I love the genre, but I think this this one had like a purpose. It was not only entertainment. So for me, it was huge to have it right about the immigration because of everything that has happened in in since forever, mm -hmm. uh, really. <laughs> so. So, I mean, and me being a, an immigrant as well, I mean, I come from Mexico, I've been in the States for the last three years, but I, I, I moved to the States when I was 18 to study acting. So, like, and it's always a constant, you know, when you belong, but you don't belong at the same time, and yeah. you always feel like it's not your home, but you call it home. So it's, it's that very weird relationship. And, and for me, it was very important that people can feel a connection with the immigrant story and and hopefully like for me it was like if they can connect with Ambar if they can feel her pain if they can see themselves as Ambar when you are not an immigrant so when you're like like you right so if you see Ambar and you're like oh my god this poor girl well this poor girl is every immigrant yeah. in every single country in the world mm -hmm. so if you felt that connection then you should feel it with every immigrant that you see that you see on the on the news and and that you that people have judged so easily you know like so for me it was like you see how she had hopes you see how she had dreams you see how she was really trying and everything went wrong well that's what usually what happens that's real life you know yeah exactly uh now the big there was i mean one of the biggest things with your character is you are haunted by your mom that passed away in the film and the way i understood how you played the character there was a part of you that held some resentment towards your mom and her sort of guilting you to taking care of her in her dying days and you feel like uh you've lost out on some important years of your life. That was the impression I got uh, for how you played Amber in regards to your mom on, on the movie. Is that what you were going for? Yeah, 100%. I mean, and she feels guilty to have this resentment at the same time, you know, because she decided to stay. No one forced her to stay. Mm -hmm. uh, so, like, the background that I did on Amber is, like, she's been like with her mom for the last six, seven years. So she hadn't had a life. She hasn't had a life since six years, seven years ago. She doesn't have any friends. She hasn't seen anybody. She hasn't dated anybody. So mm -hmm. like for me, it was like, of course she has a resentment. Of course she, she's like, I miss so much, you know? And I'm, so for her, it was like, okay, so now I'm going to, and that's why also she cannot stay in the same city, right? She, that's why she has to go away. She has to start over. And and the only way she can see herself starting over, she does. It's not in Mexico. It has to be in another country. And the only family she has is it's her uncle in Cleveland. So she's like, okay, this this could be my way out, right? So, so yeah. I mean, Ramber, <laughs> really. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you read the script. Uh there's a lot of loose ends that don't get tied up uh, with the supernatural aspect of the film and Mark Menchaca's character. 
uh, who he, you know, he was on our show a couple of weeks ago. He's brilliant. Uh, first of all, what was it like working with Mark? It was amazing. I mean, like you said, Mark is brilliant. He's and he's an amazing actor, and he's he's an amazing human being. And from the mo- we met in Cleveland, and from the moment we met, it was like we knew each other from years ago, <laughs> and we we had an amazing relationship. And then when we were in Romania, we pretty much would hang out every single day. You know, like we were together <laughs> every day uh he's great he he's he was amazing and he's a great he's a great partner on 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 set like he's always there for you and he always gives a lot and i mean to make his character so likable like you you kind of like root for him at some point you're like come on you're good there is like the way he played it it's so good it's like oh it's like i told him uh your character i felt sympathy for his character yeah. because he felt this obligation to his brother, uh, but he didn't have the guts enough to stand up to his brother at the same time and went along uh, with him. And that's a very difficult thing to pull off and get it, you know, seen through the screen. And he did a, a great job. What did you think of the whole, you know, going back to my original question with the whole paranormal aspect with that box, uh, a lot of stuff is left open ended uh, at the end. Uh, when you read the script, what were your impressions of that aspect, the paranormal aspect of the film? When I first read the script, I, I honestly, I'm gonna be super honest on this. I went to Santiago and be like, "Can you explain me exactly what the box?" Yeah, because we don't know. You know, because, yeah, so I, I went to Santiago and he was like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> and, he, and he had it very clear. He, he knew what the box would do and he knew how it would look. And, and like he, he had a, like a very vivid idea of, of what was going to be. Uh, so he explained it and, and it was like, oh, OK, OK, yeah, I got it. <laughs> you know, but at the beginning, to be honest, I, I, I didn't I didn't get it either when I read it. And, and then Santiago explained it. And I think. And I think one of the reasons the movie works is because it's not explanatory at all. It's like it gives you the option to have like a lot of imagination and like the end. The end, it's like up to you Mm -hmm. to make, do you think Amber stays? Do you think she leaves? You know, because like we had, we shot a different ending where Amber leaves and they they didn't keep that. They, They kept Amber like you you don't know if she leaves or stays yeah um but i think it's very smart i think i think the the box it's like once i saw it i was like oh they did a great a great job i think it's very smart i mean i don't know what you got from the box or 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 what were your thoughts on it well that's what i mean it's uh it's not like you said it's not told to us uh which i like that part i don't like it when stories are hand it over to us step by step on a silver platter. I like stuff that's left up to the viewer interpretation. Uh, but when it comes to no one gets out alive in that box, there's a lot of room for interpretation. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming what he told you about that box, you are not allowed to share, correct? No, I'm allowed to share. I mean, the box is like, 
it's it's like quite simple. I mean, the, the monster wants people, mm-hmm. right? So once you do, I I do think because the ritual that um, Becker and Red do, you you don't have to do it because yeah. Amber at the end she doesn't do it, right? So. They that was their idea. They, they were like, "Oh, we need to do this because probably their father did it, because that's how they started doing it, right?" Yeah. So, but but the monster, in my opinion, it's like as simple as I just want I want humans that don't want to be like they're they're ready to leave because that's why the monster lets me go because she's like, no. Dude, I'm not. I'm not ready. I I still have a lot to live, and I'm not going away. I'm not. You're not gonna eat me. And that's why the monster is like, oh, well, okay. If you don't want to come, it's all fine. Like I think the monster is kind of like nice in a way, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I mean, the is the monster. That that makes more sense. That does make uh, more sense. Uh, do you like? Uh, you know the way the story ended. You you said they shot an alternate ending between the two endings. The one that they decided to go with. Are you happy with that choice that they made? I'm happy. I think I think the ending looks looks amazing, and I think it, it, it's like it gives room to people to talk about it and share what they think would happen. In my opinion, Amber would never stay. Mm-hmm. She like she yeah, I mean, she got healed and she feels the energy and she feels the power that this monster gives to her. But she's like, "No, she's too good. She's she's nice." I and mean, she just saw her her uncle being killed mm-hmm. and she just killed two people, you know? So I think she like there's no way she would stay. But I I, I love the way they they ended it. And the way at the end, how Amber becomes empowered, uh, how did you do that shift when you were playing her to this girl who's desperate, does not want to go back to the building, has to go back to the building, she's lured back by Red uh, with that fake promise that he will give her the rent money back, and, you know, she gets Mm -hmm. caught, the monster, and that whole empowerment that you talked about. How did you shift gears from that old Amber to the one that we saw at the ending? You mean at the very, very ending or when she goes upstairs and starts? Well, at the very, very, I mean, at the end when she, like you said, she becomes empowered at the very, very end. Well, for me, it was like, I really went through the whole thing. Um, I was like, okay, I just... I just encounter like the worst things possible, right? So, and my life is shit and I don't have no way to go and I don't have any money and I just killed two people. And, you know, so that was going through my head when I was walking towards the, towards the, towards the door. Mm -hmm. And then when she, when she stops and, and she feels the energy coming through her, I was like, I, I, what, how I played it, it was like, wow, like, this is how I 
this is how it feels to to be happy yeah. in a way, right? It's how it feels to to everything is okay, which Ambar hasn't felt it for the last 10 years in her life, right? So that's how it played. It was like, oh my God, I haven't had this sensation, this feeling since forever. So would you say so that yeah would you say that experience uh helped with Amber's own demons and her guilt and resentment towards her mother? The whole experience she had to go through in that building and you know having to do what she had to do to stay alive uh was it what she needed to do to finally put that chapter with her mom the guilt the resentment behind her 100 percent. yeah that i mean yes 100 percent. because the scene when she kills her mom i mean it's it's a dream but mm -hmm. that's that's when she finally closes the doors. That's when she finally closes the chapter. She's like, it's not happening anymore. It's not, you're not, but not to her mom. And she's saying it to the world in general. I mean, we see it to her mom, but like, I think she's saying it to the whole world. It's like, you're not ruining my life. I still have an opportunity. I'm still young. I'm still going to fight for this. I'm still going to fight for my dreams. Uh, and yeah, that's when she definitely closes like that chapter now by the end of filming did you find yourself uh attached to the character of amber uh where you were sad that you know you were done everything had wrapped uh you know as you were shooting did you you know as you got more and more into the character did you feel a personal attachment to amber no, I was exhausted when we finished <laughs> to be honest. Because, I mean, I sh I was on every scene. I, I didn't have a day off, right? So we shot for two months nonstop. Wow, two months. And, wow. Yeah, so I was definitely exhausted. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm happy to put Amber aside, like close Amber for a bit and, and just take a break. Uh, and that's what I did. I mean, I, I came home and and I just took a break you think, and relaxed. Uh, throughout the two months of shooting, as it was progressing, uh, were you growing more and more comfortable in playing Amber? Was she becoming a part of you? Are there any similarities between Christina and Amber? None. No. Not at all. I left home when I was 18, so I didn't stay, too. <laughs> you know, like, no, none. I do. I went to pursue my dreams when I was 18 and, and like, I, no one would stop me for that and from that. And no, there was no. I mean, the only similarity is that I made my character from the north. I'm from the north of Mexico as well. And um, we're both Mexicans and. And we're both want to be we both want to be in a country that is not our country so those are the similarities but other than that um we're very very different okay that that that's and i mean like i said watching you play amber i mean convincing i mean is the best word that comes to mind right now it was just you were very very convincing in that character uh amber had such a big heart 
Uh, we saw that in the building. She wanted to help people who were in need. Uh, then, you know, we see Becker, who's a lunatic. Uh, Red, who's caught in the middle. Uh, so would you say this has been one of the more physically exhausting roles that you've ever had to do? Yeah, I think this one, it's right there with, um, there were very different characters, but um, Too Old to Die Young is another one that I was exhausted after I finished shooting, shooting it. I was like drawn, like everything was out of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, that's been the most exhaust, like exhausting one, uh, no, um, Too Old to Die Young, and this is definitely the second one. Uh, since being in the States and starting to do all these other movies uh, in America, what would you say is some of the biggest differences in shooting in Mexico as opposed to doing American productions? The budget. Yeah. That's the only, <laughs> that's the only difference. I mean, other than that, it's the same thing, but the budget is a huge difference. So, I mean, the money that um, American productions have, it's like, it's huge compared to what Mexico has. I mean, that's the reality, and it's a very sad reality uh, because there is it's the same platforms, and you know that come here and spend like way less money than they spend in the U.S. How uh, how big are you in uh, in Mexico? Uh, I mean, are you, are you a very recognizable face and a name down there? That's such a uh, weird question to answer. I know. I should be asking uh, somebody else. But, hey, I've got you, so why not ask you? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Um, I'm very... Do you get stopped? The thing for me, sometimes I do. It depends if I have a project out, like, playing. It, it obviously, the people recognize you more. Um, but, um, I mean... and. It's just hard to answer that question. Okay. All right. We'll skip it. We'll skip it. Uh, do you think No One Gets Out Alive gives a good representation of undocumented immigrants in America? I think it does a really good job of, um, of showing people. Uh, how hard it is for an immigrant to come to come to the states and try to make a living and and the things that they have to that they have to to I, I'm I'm blanking on the word but like the the things that they have to adjust and just it's a different culture. Well, yeah, it's a very different culture and it's a different language and. And they have they come they come here to the states um, trying to have a better life and like Amber working at this place like it, it's horrible mm -hmm. and she's making shitty money mm -hmm. right it's a sweatshop money yeah it's a sweatshop yeah but the shitty money that she's that she's making is better than the money she would make in Mexico. That's a sad. So that right. what happens, yeah. right? So it's like that's how bad it is in our countries. So for people to don't realize that, the people that, that complain about immigrants is like, dude, they're doing the job that you're not gonna be, you're not gonna do, because you're not gonna do it, right? 
And they're doing it happily because they know that this, as shit as it could be, it's better than whatever they can have in their own country. Yep, that's the sad. So, yeah, I think I think No One Gets Out Alive does a really good job. At the, at, also, I think it's still a horror movie and it doesn't fully shows the immigration theme as a, as a whole, right? It, yeah. it only touches it a little bit. Uh, but I think it's a, it's a really good start, for sure. So what do you think, uh, since you brought up horror, let's talk a little bit about horror. Uh, are you a horror fan uh, before you even did this movie? I, I, I'm a huge horror fan, yes. I'm, I'm such a horror fan. Yeah. Did uh before uh no one gets out alive, had you done any horror before that? Yeah, I did I did the terror uh for AMC, which is a limited series on well an anthology series on, on AMC and I think right now it's on Hulu. Um that was horror. And and then before that I did a film in Mexico that it hasn't come out. Um, which is also a horror film. Uh, so being a horror fan and getting to act in them, uh, does it take away some of the mystique as a horror fan for you? Like seeing exactly how these scary movies are made or does it hype it up even more? I, I think being an actor, <laughs> they, I mean, it takes out the mystique of, watching any film just like that's the truth yeah. right because <laughs> you unless unless it's really good film when when you watch a really good film then you forget about everything because usually when you when you're watching a film and you're an actor or you're in the industry and you know how it works you're like okay how many times is this person or the director gonna cut or how many like you're thinking about many things of the film that the way they're doing it Right. So when when it when you watch a really good film, you forget about that. So. So the answer is like. In general, it has happened to me, <laughs> you know, but but then you watch like you watch Hereditary and it's like, well, I completely forgot about everything. I was just like so into it. And it's like this is this is great. Right. And yeah, I mean, Hereditary, talk about an amazing movie. Uh, I mean, talk about a hit that no one saw coming. Now, uh, yeah. what are your feelings in regards to uh, the type of, you know, subgenre like No One Gets Out Alive is the paranormal, supernatural type movies? Uh, do those scare you more than other types of horror movies? I think it really depends on how well is ex executed, right? Um, it, I, I love. I think like the, the movies that scares me the the most are are thrillers, I guess, because mm -hmm. when you watch a horror film, usually you know what's gonna happen. Usually you're like, oh, I know it's gonna go here and here and here. Like it's gonna go through here, and this, this is gonna happen because that's that's the way it works. But I think when you watch a thriller, it's when you are like, oh, I, I don't know what's going to happen, right? When it's a good thriller, obviously. But um, I think thrillers are the ones that scares me the most. Now, the whole the whole cast of this movie seems to, from your description and talking to Mark, uh, it was a, 
a good tight bond that you guys had on set good chemistry uh is would you describe it the same way everybody got along the chemistry was great on set and helped making the movie that much easier 100% we all got along we all like had an amazing relationship and also we, we were all very grateful to be working during a pandemic right so mm -hmm. it, when everybody was at home waiting to see what was going to happen we were in Romania shooting a film so I mean we were like this is this is great and let's make it great and let's make it work and and like I said like literally we would we would be hanging out pretty much every day. I mean, I was shooting and then, unless I was like super exhausted after shooting, but usually after shooting, I would like call them and be like, guys, let's go out and have dinner. And like, or they would call me and they were like, we are here, come here after after shoot, you know? So yeah, we we had a great relationship and that made it obviously so much easier because you're, you're away from home for two months and no one can visit you because it's a pandemic. So mm -hmm. no one can come to set. And no one even could come to Romania, right? Because they, the, the the borders were closed. So exactly. it was really nice. Yeah, we had that funding. So, like you said, you're in every scene of this movie. Is that your first experience doing something like that? Being in the lead role and being literally in every scene of the movie? I mean, being the lead role, I, I've, I've had lead roles in, in the U.S. and in Mexico. Um, and I've had films in Mexico where I'm like, like, actually, the last the la the film that hasn't come out, the, the scary one, uh, the horror one, I'm on every frame as well. So this was my, like my second one big film that I was on every frame of the, of the film. So how and it's all scary. So how is that different from, uh, you know, uh, obviously with the more work, but having to carry a film through every scene, uh, I mean, explain to us as an actor what that entails, the amount of responsibility that you as an actor might feel on your shoulders that, you know, the movie is basically relying solely on myself. Do you put, does that put an added pressure on you? Oh my God, hundred percent. I mean, you every scene that you do, it's like I can't fuck it up. <laughs> like, you, like, because if I do, then it, it won't work, or it will look like it's gonna be my right. So, so yeah, it adds a lot of pressure on you. But at the same time, it's like if you do it right, then then it's gonna be great for you as well. So, um, I was just like very. I was very into the character. I was very focused on every every scene, on every on every day of shooting, and and like I said, like talking a lot to to Santiago before before we started shooting. And like one of the things that I usually do for my for my characters is to create playlists uh, to the music they would be listening on that time that specific time and that that helped a lot as well to keep me like focused and like always always in the moment so so tell us about working with santiago behind the camera you told us before you started shooting shooting how helpful he was and explaining stuff that you know you wanted further explanation on when you actually when you guys did start shooting 
How did you find his directing behind the camera? Is he very easy? Did it give you a lot of leeway with your acting? Or was he very strict? Like he wanted it done a certain way and he, he didn't give you much wiggle room. No, no, not at all. He was very like open to to hear what I wanted to do. And I was obviously very open to hear what he wanted to do. And also doing a horror film, like many of the things that many of the scenes, I had to imagine a lot of things. So I would have to really listen to him and tell me like, listen, he here, like a sound would happen and then a ghost will cross and then this would fall. So I would like need, we would need to be on the same page for the scene to work, right? So it was very, like a very, we had like a really good connection and we, we tried Sometimes we didn't as normal, but we tried to be on the same page all the time because that was like the main thing for both of us. Because because it, it at one if at one point we were not on the same page, then the scene wouldn't work. Because then he would have one idea of how the horror would work, and then I would have another idea. Idea. So the way I would portray the character, it would be wrong for what he would want it to do. So it was like a very close relationship of always talking to each other and always being on the same page. Is that especially important in horror, maybe more than other genres? Yeah, I do. I do think so. And I think um, one of the main things is that the, the director has to has to have it very clear what he wants when he gets to post-production to the editing room. Because if he doesn't, then it's gonna be a mess. And I think I, I think Santiago had had a very clear idea of what was gonna be when he when he gets to the editing room. Because and that helped me have images every every time for for the scary scenes. So uh, tell us when did you first see the the finished product? Uh, did they did Netflix hold a special premiere? Because of COVID, no. When did you actually watch the the final piece that we all got to see? I watched it, uh, I think a month ago. Like the, the very first time they sent me um, a link to watch it. And, and then a week ago they hold a special. I was shooting in London and the production company Imaginarium are from London as well. So um, they hold a special screening in London and I was happened to be there. And I saw it again there, but I saw it on a big, big screen. So that was so much better than watching it on my laptop. On, <laughs> you know, I was working abroad, you know. So, so you know, so I count last week to be the first time that I saw it. So, so uh, you know, watching the movie as a fan of movies, horror, and you know, acting in it. Uh, what would you say was your favorite scene as a fan? in watching it and what would you say was your favorite moment in shooting it my favorite scene watching it it was uh the moment where amber is having a dream one of her many dreams mm -hmm. and and one of the, they're in the room and one of the girls is singing and so we, we hear the song and Amber, in her dream, she awakes and she sees the, all the women that uh, Baker has killed. Yeah. 
that scene. That scene is my favorite scene of the whole film. Now, how about <laughs> which is a very... but I I loved it. I loved how it plays and it really. Like it really makes you want to cry, and it really—it's like, oh my God, this is like it really touches you. Yeah, at, at all those trapped souls—they're trapped there. Yeah, and and they're looking for help, and they're asking her for help, and that's why she's there. And it's like, oh my God, yeah. yeah. And and the voice of of uh, Cosmina, who is the who's the actress, uh, I, I think it's lovely, and and it works really really well. Now, how about shooting? What was uh, the most fun you can remember you know, on the set? I would say, I mean, there were many, many things that were fun, but I think the the, the killing it was the most fun scene. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're alert, uh, but yeah, I think when she comes to when she comes to um, the attic and and Red opens the door, like all that sequence. I think mean, it was the much the like the best that I. I mean, I had a lot of fun in many yeah. scenes, but I think that one was yeah, like the big moment. I mean, I remember when I uh, when I was watching the film and those two girls that were in the building with you, where you started questioning: Are these girls real? Or are they spirits? And uh, did you like that aspect, that little twist where it had the audience guessing? Yeah, I think I think what Santiago and the editor did it was amazing. I mean, it was like you were always wondering what was going on, right? You were always like, like debating, like it's like you said, is this real? Is this not real? Is this actually happening? Because we see Amber having a lot of dreams, so we don't know what's real and what's not. So, yeah, I loved it. I love. I think it's a very, it's a very smart film, to it, be honest. It is. It is. Would you categorize this as a psychological thriller? I think so. I think it shouldn't. I mean, it has a little bit of horror and a little bit of gore, but I think it's more, like you said, it's more psych, more psychological thriller for sure suspense yeah and with that mystique with the box and the mystery surrounding it uh you know obviously the movie is left to a possible sequel you know uh as an actor of course i'm assuming you would love to come back and do a sequel to it as a fan would you say you know what the story is great leave it as is you know, would you like, as a fan, would you like to see a sequel and a continuation of the story and that box to give us more background? Like, uh, like I said to uh, to Will, one of the producers, um, as an actor and as a fan of horror, I would love to see a sequel 20 years from now. <laughs> like, I wouldn't go back. Like, I don't want to go back and do another, like, another horror film. I need a, I need a break. Because it's, like, it's very um, draining. Uh, so, but yeah, I think, I think 20 years from now, or 10, not 20, but, like, 10 years from now, it would be a great sequel to see, like, because I think she, she wouldn't stay, but I think the box would follow her. And like ten years from now, what is where is Amber? What happened to her life? And see 
how the box is still there or like following her and hunting her. And, I mean, that would be great. Yeah, and also great to see, you know, how is she after those events? I mean, I'm sure she's dealing with some kind of post-traumatic syndrome after having to experience all of that. Moving forward in your career, uh, do you like to, you know, keep doing the broad spectrum of things as an actress and not be boxed into horror or any particular character or genre and just feel free to go out and explore everything you could possibly do? Yes. I mean, that's definitely what I've been trying to do in my career, trying to to stay away from being one, just like staying in one box. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to do like different characters and playing them very differently. And, and that's what I that's what I want to keep doing. Like like I said, I do want to stay away from horror for a little bit because uh, I've been doing three three horror things in the last two three years. Um, so I think uh, I, I definitely need a break. But I mean, in, in the meantime, I've been doing like things completely different. Like I, I play uh, I played a in sixty on sixty a whiskey uh, a military, you know, and then on. Right now, the film that I just finished, I, I, play, I play a homeless who plays soccer. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I've been doing very different roles all, all, like, throughout my career. How hard is it to not get boxed in? Uh, you know, let's say you're going from role to role. Not you. An actor in general is going from role to role, uh, taking the work, obviously. But they want to stay diverse and do a broad, you know... Uh, spectrum of roles how difficult is it to achieve that it's very difficult it's a lot which is very hard for an actor it's a lot of saying no to things that you're afraid you're never gonna work again and you're like i'm saying not to work and i'm saying and then you're like well yeah but i'm saying not to work because this is this is not where i want my career to go right so it's it's to be in order for that to happen and to really happen, you have to be very coherent to what you want, to what you really want to do. And and that's what I've been trying to do throughout my career since I started it. I, I've, I've been in the, on this for 11 years, so that's what I that's what I've been doing. And I think I think it's paying off for sure. I got to tell you, Christina, I've interviewed a lot of actors, filmmakers and uh man you i gotta tell you this from what you said earlier in this interview about leaving home at 18 because you were going to pursue your dream uh i gotta you just have this passion that just comes through and just talking to you uh with acting when in your life did that start when did you realize that man this is what i want to do because you have a very strong passion for this craft thank you so much yes i do it started very young it started when i was 11 11 or 12 12 years old i took my first theater class in school and uh the class was super simple the teacher asked us to just lay on the ground and she put some music and she told us to breathe through the music 
And that was it. That, that was the class for 50 minutes. And I got out of the class and I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. This is what I want to do. So I went to tell my parents that I wanted to be an actress. And they, they laughed at me, obviously. Oh. <laughs> they were like, yeah. Right. <laughs> now who's laughing? But yeah, but every year I told them, like, I'm going to be an actress and I'm going to go to New York and study. And they were like, yeah, right. Of course. Sure. Is that, um, is that where gonna... you studied? You studied in New York? Studying in New York, yeah. The dream came true. <laughs> it did. Yeah. It did. And how do you feel New York uh, gave you the advantage when it came to, uh, I don't know what school you went to or workshops you took in New York, but how vital would you say studying in New York was to your career? Oh, huge. I went to a conservatory training, the American Musical and Dramatic Academy, and it, it changed my life completely. I mean, because I come, I come from Mexico, and in Mexico we don't have, like you guys have in the States, where theater, theater is huge, even in, in, in a public school. Like in Mexico, it's not. It, it doesn't work like that. We don't have mm -hmm. theater, and even in a private school, we don't. Uh, in mine, we had, but it, we ha I was lucky to had it uh, for those three years. But it was very weird. Like we never, we never had a play. Like we never did a play or anything. So it's different. And for an eighteen-year-old to to be for the first time by herself in New York, living her dream. It, I mean, it, obviously, learning from amazing teachers, and, and it was like. Well, yeah, it, it changed my life and, and it made me obviously a better actor for sure. I mean, I think I really believe that having training helps a lot to be to become a better actor. I know many actors say the opposite and, and they and they're great as well. But for me, it definitely helped me to be to become a better actor, to to have training now. If you... And the train, sorry, and the training that New York's New York gives you, it's even it's even like bigger just yeah. by the city, not talking about the school or anything, just by being in the city. It's like, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Going, looking ahead in your career, uh, do you have any desire down the line to explore maybe writing, directing, producing any of that? hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's done the next step. Um, like, sure future for sure yeah writing i'm writing and um, i want to direct and uh obviously produce like my own my own projects uh yes yes 100 that is awesome uh we're almost we're pretty much out of time christina i gotta tell you i mean like i said i've talked to a lot of people you have this passion that just comes through and it's it's i think it's great and to talk to somebody who loves the craft the way you do uh it's amazing. And just looking at the uh, what the people are saying, they they love you. So thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, what should we be on the lookout for you coming out in the near future? Uh, well, I just did a film called The Beautiful Game. That's for Netflix as well. That'll be coming out by mid of next year. So definitely for that one. And hopefully the film that I did in Mexico, um, the scary one will come out soon. So that one as well. Is the one that you did in Mexico, is that going to be released in the United States as well? Hopefully, hopefully it could go to a platform or like, um, 
movie release, like theater released. Uh, yeah. But I definitely will let you know if that if that happens. Awesome, awesome, Christina. Again, thank you so much. It's been an honor uh, talking to you. Uh, any final thoughts you want to share before we go? Well, thank you for having me. It's been great to talk to you too. It's been I've had so much fun. Really, thank you. It was a lot <laughs> thank of you for fun. It was a lot well. of fun. Thank you. And- and for the people who hasn't seen the film, go on Netflix and watch No One Gets Out Alive. Yes, guys, please do. It's on Netflix. It's, it came out September 29th, correct? Yeah, just yeah. a week ago. Yeah, it's just been out for a little over a week, if not not even a week. It's a week today, I think. Uh, check today. it out. It's called No One Gets Out Alive. It's, it's a paranormal, supernatural, psychological thriller, horror. It has a... Great character, great storytelling, and you won't regret it. Uh, Christina, of course, is a star. Mark Menchaca is her co-star. I mean, what what more can you ask for? Thank you to Christina. Thank you for, to all of our viewers for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe. And we're not going to be back on the air again until next Tuesday. We're going to New York Comic Con tomorrow. So we'll be back at you October 12th, Tuesday, October 12th. So thank you, stay safe, and until next time, stay walking. Good night. Thank you, guys. Good night.